Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and this week we are marking the life of the actor Bernard Cribbins who passed away recently at the age of 93, uh, probably more well known for his television work, uh, the voice of the Wombles, uh, of course uh, his appearances in uh, Doctor Who in the reboot uh, and of course his wonderful singing career as well, uh, perhaps what he is better known for but he did have a movie career. And funnily enough, it does tie into Doctor Who, which is why today we are watching Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. And uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, uh, who is a doctor in her own right, but (laughs) but not of time and space, of song and dance. It is Ellen Sears. Hello, Stephen. Uh, Technically just dance, not not song and dance, just dance. Uh, True, but if I say dance and dance, it doesn't sound as good. Music theatre dance. Music theatre dance. Uh, yeah. How are you, Dr. Sears? I'm good. Uh, so, this this film, yes. uh, Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. <laughs> yes. Which is such a strange title. A very strange title, yes. Uh, uh, what, 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 what do you know about this film? I know Bernard Cribbins in it. I know, I'm presuming it has the Daleks in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Peter Cushing is the Doctor. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And it's based on one of the episodes from the classic series, isn't it? Is that correct? It is pars- partially based on, yes, TV serial content. Fabulous. Was, and, That's uh, about it. <laughs> yes. And uh, Bernard Cribbins. I love him. Yes. I'm so tremendously sad that he passed away because he just seemed like so sweet. Yes. Um, And I really enjoyed him on Doctor Who and other various bits and pieces. I was never really into the Wombles and that type of thing, but I love his music. I'm mm. a big fan of those kind of like silly comedy type songs from that era yeah. i just love them i've got a couple of his cds actually <laughs> yes which is so, why i thought you might be a good person to have on for this one because yeah. uh, obviously you know right said fred is the right said fred's is the fantastic big one. but you know like uh leaning on a lamppost all of those different leaning on the lamppost ones. is something that i have actually sung before for dancing competitions oh, so okay. there you go but yeah um not but, that not i mean he wasn't the only one to to, to do that song it was another one that he did and i can't remember what it is and it was on the album that i have mm. it's another silly one and i mm. forgot what it is never mind in any case i love his stuff i'm really sad he's dead and i'm excited to get to watch this mm. so yeah. well yeah because you're gonna see him a fair bit younger yeah baby then then you'd be familiar with him in his uh, doctor who tv content and yeah. i should i should point out different character oh not, yes yeah, yes he's, yes, yes, he's yes, not yes. wilfred mott in this one no. um but luckily uh, for you and me we have someone who has uh, seen this film before uh he is not a doctor uh but could very well get a doctorate in his knowledge of doctor who it is murray jackson hello Stephen. <laughs> how are you doing murray <laughs> i'm going well thank you very much Stephen, for asking um so this film dalek's invasion of 2150 ad mm. um <laughs> Not not a great title to, no. to try and say in the right order. You really have to line it up before you try saying but the, it. But the clue is in the title. The clue, the clue is, is in, in the, the title. title. Yeah, it kind of tells you everything you need to know. Uh, it's it's a really it's you know from the improv rules. It's who, what, where. It's mm. it's perfectly detailed. Um, but this film, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what what can someone like Ellen, who has not seen this film before, expect? Well, um, lots of color. Excellent. Um, I like color. Lots of action. Ooh. Um some rather twee comedy uh, okay. and uh, Daleks of course oh this lots is sounding right lots, up my alley lots of Daleks oh excellent um, it's, it's a it's a big screen family adventure that they they did so well um, back in the 60s mm. uh, I, and, and, and the 70s I mean yeah. Mm. Uh, I just think they did 
live action, uh, big family um, orientated films so much better back then. Mm. Mm. Um, what else can I tell you about this? Uh, it's um, well, it's a uh, one of two uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks films that were made in the sixties by Amicus Productions. Mm-hmm. Who were probably more famously known for their portmanteau um, horror anthologies that they did um, in the late sixties, early seventies. Uh, it is loosely based this one on um, oh god, Dalek invasion of Earth serial. Is it um, the second Doctor? First no, it's Doctor. First Doctor. Because so, this was, this was yeah. released in the Although the, the, the Doctor right. in this film has nothing to do with the Doctor, with doctor. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. the yeah. TV series. He's, so he's, he's, he's just a, human. He's isn't just he? a strange old man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's human. Well, the thing is, is um, so so William Hartnell is still the only Doctor in yes, the TV course, show at the point that these films were released because he was still the Doctor up until Troughton yes. came in in sixty. Six was it the tram came in or sixty six? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you at should that, know that he's your favourite. He is my favourite. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, so at this point, you have William Hartnell uh, on the TV show, which obviously introduced the Daleks and is is very successful, but is in black and white. And, and they're has, like, how can we mm. monopolise on this and make more money what, off what, these terrifying pepper pots? It also has. Um, uh, not as much of a budget as a film does. You know, the of course, B- yeah. famously, uh, the BBC's uh, budget for some of its programs. How much the sets would wobble mm, and all yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. Uh, so this this was very much... It's uh, fun when they don't an, wobble. <laughs> it was very much an option for the, 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 the viewing public to see Daleks and sort of Doctor Who in general mm. in okay. in the big screen, which was still very much the preeminent screen experience. And... At the also, not just that, but widescreen, you know. Oh, uh, ooh, hello. Um, but you also have to remember, or you, you may not know this, Ellen, um, because you weren't there in the 60s. But, no, I was not. <laughs> um, neither was I for much of it. Uh, but this was also at the height of Dalek mania. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, Beetle mania had happened a, a couple of years, three, three or so years earlier, mm. and it was still probably around. But uh, Dalek mania was the thing for the for the young kids, all mm. running around the uh, the schoolyards um, with their arms outstretched, going with you, yeah, exterminate, exterminate. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was trying to tap into the, the the popularity of something that was very much pop culture at that time. Mm. And, um, yeah, I guess, unfortunately, I suppose we'll talk about this later, Stephen, but um, unfortunately, this, this uh, second film didn't, um, didn't quite live up to what uh, they hoped it would do. Mm. Yeah, and it is interesting because it is a, a sequel film, um, but it is... It, it, my memory of it, because I, I watched these as a child, and so it'll be interesting going back because I haven't watched them since then, of what I vaguely remember of these two films, figuring out which belongs to which film in mm. my head. But uh, um, I think the other thing too is that these films, the, 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 you know, the, the Dalek films, they were never very popular with the Doctor Who purists. That doesn't um, surprise me at all. So I remember yeah, being one of those high-handed uh, Doctor Who fans back in the in the eighties, and we would poo-poo the the Dalek films as yeah, they're not canon and yeah. <laughs> just uh, complete nonsense, yeah. and we would look down on them. Which it's yeah, it's a bit sad really because I, I I think well they're actually 
a, a, you know, they are actually great entertainment, and we should have embraced them as that. I think I think that's a that idea of like sort of gatekeeping certain parts of things that are related to very very well known science fiction fandoms in particular is something that we see in a lot of other big franchises as well, like your Star Treks and your Star Warses and things like that. Mm. Um, you know, you know, there especially with like Star Wars, you look at all the extended universe stuff in that, which I'm not super familiar with. But people who were like, no, and you have to like, you can't mm. engage. People with get that precious about it. Mm. Oh yeah, no, there's there's huge amounts of, of gatekeeping that goes with that sort of fandom experience, and you know, which which elements of this media are you know appropriate for consumption, and what are you not allowed to enjoy? Mm. Um, and that happens a lot. I see it with um, yeah things that have big fandoms and. Usually it's the big sci-fi type things like your Doctor Who's and your... Well, I, I think in things. the 30 years I've managed to sort of uh, make my peace with them mm. to, to the point where I believe this latest copy I'm going to do something that you should never do on a uh, on a um, po- podcast and say, look at that. Mm. Um, it's very pretty. It's I was looking pretty. at the it's, box art. It's, it's, like, it's, a, it's like a little book, isn't it? Yeah, and, it's and like a little box. I believe this is my fourth copy of this particular film. <laughs> this is the latest 4K Ultra HD um, upgrade so uh, full of all re- kinds of goodies mm. um, it's a really beautiful version of it yeah I really like these films now yeah mm. <laughs> I, I, they're, they're, they're silly uh, they are um, very much of their time but by crikey they're fun mm. I like um, a fun film and uh, Bernard Cribbins obviously we're, we're watching this because of him uh, Murray did you, did you have a particular aspect of his career that you particularly enjoyed or stood out for you I think, um, look, I'll be honest, with regards to this particular film, when I first watched him in this, I thought he was one of the reasons I really hated the film, um, because he's the comedy relief in this. Uh, But I I look back on that now, and once again, the hindsight of... uh, and of time is is to say, well, look, he did he does exactly the job that he was employed to do in this particular film. Um, in terms of his career, um, look, I, I I really liked him uh, in uh, what's his name's um, oh, Tenant in Tenant's um, yeah uh, his time final as the doctor and yes, particularly the because he, he showed was- such a depth of character and yeah. emotion. Uh, and you, you actually had a little tear in your eye when he's saying goodbye to the Doctor, didn't you? So, yeah, yeah, no. He, I, honestly, like him in... Because he obviously, when he turned up in... Um, knew who he turned up in the one of the Christmas specials, just With as a one-off of character. Hmm. And then they went, oh, we're going to bring him back in the next season as hmm. Donna's granddad. Well, it was interesting as well. I'm, I promise listeners we'll get to the bit where yeah, we we'll watch will. the we'll film. Yeah, we will. We'll get to the film but, eventually. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he appeared in that one-off special and mm. then uh, the character of Donna was going to be brought back in. Now, Donna had an established um, family unit of her parents, but the actor who played her father had passed away yes. since her appearance in 2006 to then when they did the series with her in 2008. So to replace the father figure in her life, they wrote the character of the granddad and they went, let's get Bernard Cribbins in because he's Bernard Cribbins. And he was already been in the thing and yeah. that's a nice little and so they just kind of And went, then when he sees he's like, you, it's yeah. you, I've seen you before. Yeah, and so they just went, if we're going to bring him back in, he's just been in, we can sort of weave him in this way. So that's, yeah. that's the way they did it. And then they just wrote this character in really well where he was sort of an ancillary part of that one season where we followed Donna. Yeah. And then for those specials, they went, we can make him but the decision to make him like the companion for the final two episodes the final two episodes was incredible yeah because it's something that doctor who 
hadn't really done having like an elderly person as the companion and it's I not thought it'd be cleaner and it's not really something they've done since <laughs> no. like, the, the closest they've had in new who would be um, bradley walsh's character mm. and he's mm. not old because he's he's in his 50s murray which mm. is not an old well, we, as we know is yeah, not old not, not old yeah. at all um but he, he just brought in the other thing a, a wonderful well. a wonderful yeah difference to to that experience of being the companion to this time-travelling, face-changing alien. And him in but, Turn but also, Left as well, where mm. they've got the parallel timeline where everything goes to hell because the Doctor has died. Mm. And, you know, mm. the, the the family getting sent off to the camps and he's like, that's what they called them last time. Like, I watched that scene the other day. It popped up on social media and I was like, oh, it's mm. just so good. But that's the thing. He was he, he really was a, a oh. really good actor in terms of he could he, really was. he could do your comedy and he could do your um, over-the-top, but he also could deliver very um, understated and um, yeah. touching performances, just yeah. just you know, purely dramatic performances. So yeah. that's, you know, it's a... That's off to him. Great acting. Yeah. yeah. And so hopefully we're going to see some more of that great acting. I'm excited. In this film. <laughs> well, yes. We've diff- just been talking about a completely different... <laughs> a, a different type of great acting. A different yeah. type. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, are we ready to watch Dalek's Invasion of 2150 AD? I'm sorry. We are the masters of the earth. We are the masters of the earth. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Uh, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to say, Alonzi? Are they doing that yet in Doctor Who? I wouldn't think so, Okay. No. <laughs> uh, prepare to... Be exterminated. You know, that's probably actually a good one. Let's do that. <clears throat> pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to be exterminated. Exterminate. As we watch <laughs> Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. I'm joined once again by my special guests, Murray Jackson. Hello. And Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. Uh, Dr. Ellen, that was your first time watching Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. What did you think? That was really fun. <laughs> yeah? Y- you liked it? Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. I would I would love to show this to um, my niece and nephew. I feel like they would really enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, they're probably a good age for it, actually. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, nine and six. Nine and six, yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's an odd film, isn't it, Murray? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an adaptation of a six-part TV serial, so, um, yeah. Uh, and they tried to put their own spin on it, so I suppose it was... Um, yeah, it was always going to be maybe a little bit sort of ad hoc, but... Mm. Um, I think it's very much in tune with sort of like the, as I say, the the family orientated sort of films of the 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 sixties and the seventies, where yeah. they they tended to have something that was dramatic and had action to it, but they always injected a little bit of twee humour in there as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, the story is is quite simple uh, for for Doctor Who, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it is, uh, there is a, a man whose name is Doctor Who, um, who who has a time and space machine called the TARDIS. You know, all the classic stuff that you know about Doctor Who. Uh, a, a police officer runs in to the police box thinking, mistakenly, that it's an actual police box um, when there's a crime being committed and he is transported 
uh, quite against his will, to the year 2150 AD, where the Daleks have taken over London. What? They've taken over the whole world. What are we going to do? And apparently hiding underwater. Yeah, that was pretty cool, though. That was (laughs) pretty fun. But but logically, why are they there? Um, I I suppose just... They're dredging the Thames. Yeah, checking out the riverbed. What's that thing that what, what's what's the thing that people do where they go like in the Thames to like get all the Is it mudlarking? Mudlarking yeah. in the Thames? Maybe they were mudlarking. Yeah. Mm. I have found a seventeenth century clay pipe. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe they're just very keen mudlarkers. I think in the nineteen sixty <laughs> well, actually, yeah, uh, the, the, the Thames of that particular age, it would be more like uh, I am dying of the pollution. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not much better now, to be mm. honest. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty straightforward premise. The Daleks are up to no good. Turns out what they're actually trying to do is hollow out the Earth to steal it. Use it as well, a giant steer spaceship. Steer it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure about the, um, uh, the, the science behind this, but, uh, you know, run with it. That's sure. what I say. I mean, I mean we're just going to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow and go from there, yeah. It's, uh, they're obviously trying to build the reality bomb that they would then successfully or almost successfully try and build in the show 40 years later when yeah. they actually do steal the Earth. They don't steal it by mining out the core, though, from memory. They uh, just zap it out of... Yeah, they figure out a, 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 a more plot-specific way to teleport planets out. But, um, I, I, yeah. I, I think the way to approach this film is to um, <laughs> uh, maybe view it as something like uh, Austin Powers, but it taking itself less seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's good fun, and it, it it it's certainly not a um, not a bad film. No, there's some very some of those technical shots are quite mm. impressive. Yeah, it's it, it is it is quite well shot. the The music is good, if of its time. It's a bit discombobulating. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it's a really strange experience because on the one hand, it it is a lot of fun, and then on the other hand, it kind of just feels like it's not a mess, but just not very clean. <laughs> I mm. guess is the way to put it. Like it, it, it does feel as though it's. And now we do this thing. Why? Because this thing has to happen. Because this is what happens yeah. next. Ah, uh, are you referring to the Robermen eating regime? Um, no, that little did... little set pieces that that appear for no particular reason. What I mean, kills me about that is that somebody had to choreograph or direct that little movement piece, mm. and I'm just imagining how many times they had to rehearse that mm. <laughs> to get it so that it was all together and doing things. And I'm just thinking, did they just, just go? We're going to do it, but we're just not going to teach you, Bernard, and then you can just try and follow it. Mm. Well, I mean, because I feel like that's mm. probably what they did and yeah. that's very funny to make him look like a fish out of water which he was <laughs> yeah it's very funny it was more you know just things like Susan going oh well obviously grandfather's not going to go to Watford because there'll be too many Daleks there mm. like just little things like that where it's like yeah okay I get that we're just jumping this along this is this is fine uh, but yeah it, it, it does feel as though it may be needed a little bit longer say another couple of episodes worth of time <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the criticisms um, aimed at at the Doctor Who serials that were six parts, which this one was when it was you know originally on the TV, mm-hmm. was there's too much padding, mm-hmm. and yeah. you could take that stuff out and 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 still have a decent story. You don't need to have all this, um, you know, I- exposition and uh, expanded uh, running around, mm-hmm. which. I, I don't mind the fact that it's being contracted into a, an hour and a half um, 
long mm. film. Yeah. I think it works. Uh, what I do like about this film is this film is unironically doing all the things that people cite as like ironic science fiction filmmaking of this period. Mm. Like in the TARDIS, the L- Louise is just pouring chemicals. For, mm. for no particular reason it's just it looks good and it's smoking a little bit mm. and the buttons as you say and you know where uh, the Daleks of a th- flashy the... buttons what do the buttons do we don't know yeah the Daleks of that control panel which mm. just says total power on it and things oh, so like I that. like the fact that the Daleks just have their little pinchy hands and or the little sucker things but mm. none of the buttons are designed for them no no not in any way because why would you design buttons to fit your form yeah when you can just use beautiful 60s panels I mean, of it, computers. It makes me feel like they, they stole that shit from someone mm. and they're just I like, mean, yeah, wouldn't surprise we'll, me. We'll or, or, the, or the fact that, you know, the Daleks, instead of seconds, have these things called RELs, mm. but it's all spelt beautifully in English. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that RELs has stayed in the show, though. Like, yeah. they still use, the, the Daleks still use RELs. They do still use RELs. Well, this, this was the introduction of RELs. Mm. Was it really? It was, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. When and the people up, who worked in the show went, that's quite good, we should use that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the things this film does do well, it, it does Daleks well, and they're it in the title, and well. that's that's important. Like, there were lines said in this film by Daleks, which have been said by Daleks in the TV show ever since, and still feel genuine to what they are as an entity. Um, you know, particularly the you know Daleks have no concept of weakness, or the, you know those kind of lines. They, uh, which I think is you know testament to the fact that they obviously hit on this character concept this alien concept it was very pr- pretty strong. early on yeah. and then just went this this doesn't need to change that much Th- these these work as a threat and here's the thing they still work Daleks mm. are still scaring the pants off people which i think is brilliant but once again i, I think we have to views view this as a as a time capsule mm. oh absolutely that, you know, here you've got multicolored daleks why well there's no real reason other than they look good yeah they and- look- you know what? I like these multicolored Daleks better mm. than the ones they did in New Who recently where people were going, oh, uh, they're like Power Ranger oh, the, Daleks. The, the Moffat ones. Yeah, the Moffat ones where they were like Power Ranger coloured. Yeah, they were very yeah. bright. These were like lovely muted colours. I was very much enjoying the, mm. the Dalek design. And, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, focus on that and, and, and some of the other positives where, yeah, sure, look, you know, the electronics look pretty... 1960s, but the set design looks set design amazing. Are incredible. The the, uh, bomb, the the camera whole... work is great. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. It's a little bit of that kind of like shaky cam style mm. stuff, which mostly works. There was really only one time where I was like, uh, I, I, I'd probably reshoot that if now. I was if I was the director. <laughs> but again, it but it created that sense of tension, which mm. the, the the issue with. Daleks, particularly shooting them at this time, is they need very flat surfaces. Yep. <laughs> they, yeah, I noticed yeah. a lot of the the outside yeah. Daleks. Oh, we, we had a lot of fun yeah. with the ramps, didn't we? Eh? Yeah, the, the, the old wee. <laughs> but the outside Daleks, they weren't moving very much. They no. were always where they needed to yeah. be when those shots were made. But the, yeah, even uh, you know, you have to watch it probably again. But see the the the, the choreographing of the Daleks, where this one comes down, that one has to stay where it is until this one goes past, then it can move and. Mm. And, um, and like, I can't imagine it would have been very no. you know, good vision inside those things either. So no. it's quite impressive, really. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I'm making a lot of excuses here, aren't I? But it, let's, oh, come on, it's just fun. It, it is fun. really good it, fun. And like, no, I enjoyed it, it a lot. It, 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 it lags a bit in places. Yeah, yeah, but that's quite common of, of, of things of this sort of time period because, like, we're used to, you know, films that are just, like, punching Immediate. you in the face yeah. with mm. stuff all yeah. the way through. And that's kind of the pace that they... 
are shot and edited at. Whereas mm. this, you know, the cameras are so much bigger and more cumbersome. Trying to cut things together was so much big, like more cumbersome and mm. difficult to do. So it kind of makes sense. Things had a bit yeah. more pace. They're a bit slower. There's a lot of action set pieces that they build up to. Yeah. There's a lot of explosions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot just how good, many explosions. Good explosions were. too. Pretty yeah. good explosions. And like even even when they've got like the model going to then mm. the live action set, it's like it's a pretty good matchup mm. considering like. And those kind of practical... Sh- there was a lot of really good practical effects in this that were really, really fun. Yeah. And shout out to the Dalek saucer. The Dalek saucer looked great. They did look great. Yeah. And uh, it's like a uh, variation from the TV show, having them shoot, uh, I guess, steam? Smoke? Yes. Gas? Deadly gas? Yeah. It was It was, it was pretty Which Which, which appears to be either explosive when they want it to be or non-explosive when they don't want it to be. I mean, I would love to see a Dalek with a flamethrower. Mm. Mm. Oh, what do you do, actually, in um, Dalek Master Plan? Yeah. Uh, just to digress here, but if you watch the original show, yes, they have uh, oh. flamethrowers. Yeah. Oh. There we go. Yeah, it's... They should bring that back. Yeah. Because that'd be sick. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they do a really good job of looking visually interesting and the Daleks as a design are just visually interesting in in most mm. environments because they are quite alien shaped i mean yeah. the, the, i know the shape is a guy sat on a chair put, put with wheels on it like walking along so that he can move around but but they don't have a remotely humanoid shape and or that's a human the, way of moving which yeah. i think is part of that reason why I, it's just like oh jesus you i know, definitely feel a... part of their or most of their appeal is their appearance mm. yes and for um sure. That was down to, to BBC um, uh, salaried employee Raymond Cusick, mm. uh, who sadly never saw a dime for um, anything along these lines. <sighs> the writer, um, the one who actually wrote the scripts for the original Dalek serials for, for Doctor Who, mm. Terry Nation, cleaned up like a madman mm. out of the Daleks during his lifetime. Raymond Cusick did not see any money, any no. residuals for his amazing design work because it was all work for hire. Ah. Mm. Uh, so we have to be. Yep. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge Raymond Cusick. Oh, fantastic, because dude, you knocked it out of the park, and but we're still. He's always at been them. very magnanimous about. Oh no, it was down to Terry's amazing writing. Well, I'm not quite so sure about that. Raymond is a pretty damn good design. Yeah. And, and the fact that that design has not changed that much. Not that much. Uh, no, it's yeah, still really the basic same design. Yeah. E- even the somewhat uh, colourful redesign that we got in mm. 2010, which has strangely not appeared since. Almost as though mm. everyone went, yeah, nah. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's been a, there's, there's been a few iterations of the Daleks. Mm. I really liked the, the, the first lot that came in with New Who, like the gold ones. Mm. Sort of gold, brassy, and black mm. ones. They were great. Yeah. But you, Very once pretty. again, if you if you look back to this time in the sixties, yeah. where uh, even with the advent of color TV, um, watch something like uh, I'll pull off the top of my head, Lost in Space, mm-hmm. uh, yes. the first color season of Lost in Space, where every cast member is wearing a different colored uniform. Mm. Yeah. Right. So this is the same sort of thing where. It's the first time Doctor Who's been seen in colour, or a second film, but mm. okay. Mm. Pretty much first time Doctor Who's been seen in colour. Yeah, let's go nuts. And mm. God bless them, they did. Yeah. Um, Peter Cushing is the Doctor. Should yeah. probably get, get onto that. Or, he, just not, kinda, he just kind of floats yeah. around, and then at mm. the end he's like... Not a strong character. No. no but I, I do think it, it's interesting, because obviously in the TV show, there's only been William Hartnell. Mm. At this time, yeah. So there isn't this concept of 
the doctor changing the doctor regenerating because that hasn't happened yet Mm. so when you have the movie version uh peter cushing isn't doing a william hartnell impression but he is doing a character that feels uh truthful to william hartnell's william hartnell's doctor which at that time is just the doctor there is no there is no Mm. concept of oh he's going to turn into patrick troughton any moment Mm. it's yeah it's watching mm. again this time there's certain mannerisms come through Mm. like when he he, to some degree impatiently yes 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 hmm. he, you know, he uses hmm. that as a, as a way of yes let's get on to the next thing yeah. um there are little bits of hartnell in there hmm. but the doctor's he's not a sideline to this but a lot of the support characters do a lot of the heavy lifting in oh, this film massively and yeah ben, i mean bernard, I mean, bernard cribbins in particular bernard cribbins i was going to say is kind of the star of the film yeah uh, the film is very much focused on his experience because he we, we we start the film with him witnessing the robbery and getting hit on the head and running into the police box and the film ends with him going getting dropped back mm. just before the robbery happens and stopping it and you know it, it's very much tom's story and it does feel as though the doctor though I was about to say the name on the tin, but he isn't. The Daleks are the name on the tin. Mm. Like yeah. the, the Doctor is very much second fiddle to the Daleks. The Doctor but is just the designated like, driver. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but even characters like Wyler, the the one who's yeah. um, looking after Susan, mm. um, one gets the feeling that he's almost infused with a little bit of the Hartnell character. Yeah. Because he's crutchety and everything's like a this foolish girl. No, we can't go out there. And mm. God knows mm. what will happen. Um that you know that there's a lot of as i say the the heavy lifting and i i would imagine because um this is obviously adapted from the the tv script yes uh although heavily adapted in terms of it you know it's bears a relationship too but it's not Mm -hmm. the same as um that they took the hartnell character and i think they spread it about the, the support characters a fair bit. Yeah. Mm. And it's a shame none of that character was left over for Louise, who I kept forgetting was in this film. Mm. Um, she was just sort of there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's very clearly following the um, structure of the Doctor Who TV show. You have the Doctor, you have Susan, and then you have adult male, adult female companion. Uh, obviously, Ian and Barbara from the TV show. Yeah. Uh, Louise... Um, wasn't in the first film, Doctor Who and the Daleks. No. That was a different actor as well, um, who didn't return for this one. So they went, ah, well, they have Louise, and it does feel as though they went. She's there because we need women in this film. Well, also, well, yes, <laughs> but I actually think more the reason it's there women is, with speaking roles. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's a team of four though. Yeah, it feels like they just went. Well, we need the fourth, um, and it's important for Susan to have an adult female that can look after her because the Susan in this is a lot younger than the Susan from the show. Mm. For sure. Um, I, although I will say, Susan in this is great. I, 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 actually, I really yeah. do like Susan oh, in yeah, this she, film. Yeah, and I always, my memories were Roberta Toby's very annoying. Um, but no, she's just precocious and, and mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, and in fact, they use her to move the the exposition along, to move the, the, the story along, which is great. Mm. Um I think you might be being a little bit generous with the Louise character in terms of uh, what she's there for. Mm. I think she's purely there to get the dads into the cinema. Well, there is a bit of that as well. Um, But then I thought about it and I went, there isn't really anything that was like 
sexually exploitative no. in this film, and that's because it's a it's a family it's film. a family film, mm. yeah. Um, so and that's nice for a film from the sixties to not mm. be like, oh my god, the woman has like legs and boobs and stuff. So that was nice. I mean, she was she was gonna she did wet that hanky at one point to go and uh, dab it at somebody's ankle. Oh yeah, my gosh, that, so that, risque. Yeah, there's like there is nothing risque going on there. Certainly not compared to what was about to come on the TV show with like um, what was the time traveling. Zoe. Zoe, yeah. In her jumpsuit. In her jumpsuit or scandalous. Like that. Or, yeah. or indeed, Jamie in his uh, well, kilt. In his kilt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you that have was to remember the that's the, the time also of Emma Peel with uh, mm. Diana Rigg. So yeah. there was a lot of that back then. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so it, 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 the story just kind of happens. The film just kind of happens. It just kind of happens to the characters. Mm. Like, and, I feel uh, like the Doctor has a lot of agency until he gets to the end and he's like, oh, I know what their plan is now. Excellent. I'm going to foil it. The rebellion That's that they're, they're sort of... Uh, co- it was a bad rebellion. Yeah, not not very well organised. <laughs> I mean, the Daleks are very good at what they do. That's well, yes, part are. of it. Um, uh, the the professor in the wheelchair, was it Dortmund? Or? Dortmund, yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, yeah. I, I feel like he could have been quite interesting with a bit more... He gets a little bit more in the in the TV series, but essentially he's um, he's he's quite inept um, mm. as he is in this as well. Mm. You know, he, he builds bombs that don't work. I um, mean, and, he, he does he, end up crushing a bunch of Daleks, and they actually um, they they expand on that in the TV serial where he just has one bad thing that doesn't work after another and by the time he dies you're like well that's fitting because mm. he's not really serving any great purpose yeah um, uh, but uh, well once yeah. again these things for for, a, for an hour and a half film this thing has to move mm. and there's a reasonably large supporting cast for for a movie of this yeah um, yeah old mate in the trench coat this length yeah, yeah you've got, yeah, got other uh, puts them in the tool shed yeah, well, that, well, that's just it. You've got you've got Wyler, as we spoke about before. I think Broccoli, uh, Peter um, Maddox's character, mm. is maybe the most Philip yeah, Philip Maddox yep. I- interesting. Oh, sorry, yeah. Philip Maddox. Yeah, mm. is is the most sort of interesting because he is the ah. You don't know if you can trust me. Ah, turns out you can't. Ah ha ha ha. Like, mm. but and even though that's quite archetypical, and it does feel as though he maybe shot all of his stuff in a day it does mm. have that feel about it it's still good it was you know it's nice yeah, he to gets see blown up yeah and he does get blown up which i completely forgot about and, and for the actor so nice that he actually gets to be welsh um you mm. know yeah and it was it was just it was just a bit of it, it was a it was something that was just a bit different than just the re- rebels going oh those daleks are tough oh we'll give it a go oh i've been shot and killed mm. or oh we got away with that one to then get shot and killed later on like the, mm. the, the the rebels were just sort of there because there kind of has to be rebels there has mm. to be somebody to get shot to show that the daleks are dangerous and equally something we haven't talked about much yet but i, I think is quite interesting is the robo men mm. yeah the the humans which have been brainwashed and are serving the daleks i i think they're really quite interesting i can't remember if in the film from the previous year did the Daleks have any humans helping no. them out? Because it was the... the um... No, it was the Daleks in yeah. their city, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. so it was them on Scarrow mm. um, fighting the Calads. Yeah, yeah. Fought, yeah, the uh, the uh, uh, Dals, not... Um, yeah, whatever they were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those things. Dals! Yeah. Dals, that's it. Yeah, and um, so so this this is the only one where they have that, that human support um, team that they've co-opted. I mean, they, they they have throughout the TV series mm. had human agents, mm. but um, yeah, in terms of the uh, 
the, the, the lobotomized um, slave army. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No little and motorcycle helmets. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, obviously, they, they're wearing a lot of lycra, vel- whatever it's that not, stuff it's, was. It's not lycra. They're terrible it looks, shots, though, aren't it, they? It looks more likely like it's like a, a vinyl, vinyl. Or PVC yeah. type. PVC, yeah, bin liner type of thing. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. would have been so sweaty and disgusting. Mm. As somebody who's worn costumes made out of that kind of stuff for like dance competitions as a kid, like, mm. eh, but they, they they are the stormtroopers of of yeah. um of this film, aren't they? They can't yeah. they can't shoot from of, anything. There's a yeah. lot of Star Warsy type nods in here, like into the garbage shoot. There was a few mm. things where I was like, oh. oh okay, yep, I've seen this in. Uh, you get the feeling that uh, uh, you know a young George a Lucas young George of film schools. Yeah, one of my top like, films, Daleks Invasion of Earth, twenty one fifty AD. I'll be remaking that. It's good. What if we me? made the old mentor character? Mm. Uh, we gave him a sword. Mm. Uh, oh, we can't get Peter Cushing. Oh no, we've got him, but we'll put him in a different role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now let's get Alec Guinness in to do it then. Yeah. I mean, it it, it is interesting. <laughs> Peter Cushing, just as a performer, is in these quite big and quite important contemporary franchises, despite that obviously he's been dead for almost thirty years at this point. Um, mm. But that he was someone that that was cast in these various things, and even though this this film is not as you say, Murray, it's not like some, some Doctor Who fans mm. don't even consider it. And they're like, no, it's it's an abomination. It shouldn't be counted and it's not canon. I do think that the fact that Cushing is kind of in these tentpole parts of the history is really interesting. Well, he he, he certainly not contracted, but um, he did a lot of films with Amicus as he did with Hammer around this time. So, uh, you know, look, this wouldn't, this wasn't the first time. I'm pretty sure this wasn't the first time with these films that um, Amicus had had Peter Cushing come on because you know if you're going to set yourself up to be um, in Amicus's case best known for your horror film stuff, who do you want? You want the guys who starred in the Hammer films. So yeah, Cushing was quite well known to them, um, mm. and yeah, would have been under consideration pretty early on. I would have thought mm. it's just an odd part for for Cushing to play mm. because as I say I, I, you get the feeling the Doctor is the least important character in this film there's mm. nothing really special for, for him to bite into as yeah. an actor you know yeah yeah um, before we move on we should just spend a little moment going how how good Bernard Cribbins is in this film because he really does yeah. carry it. He's he really is the main character. He he does a lot um, and a lot of physical stuff like climbing mm. up inside the mine, hanging he's running the around, hanging off the door. Like Ooh, so, he was a fair bit younger back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but also that's a lot of like. He, he wasn't actually hanging off that door. Things. I give you the tip. Oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there may have been a wire involved. There might have been a stunt person involved. Oh, okay. Stephen, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it, it, they they cast him to look like Bernard Gribbins. Mm. They did good from that far away. But I mean, he's yeah, he does inject um, that. I guess youthful exuberance that that you can't have with with an older actor playing the Doctor, um, and like I did notice that Peter Cushing when he ran was quite bow legged. Uh, yeah. That might have been an affectation. I think it yeah. it was, but it, I thought it was interesting that they chose to play that up because he was he's, he was physically playing someone older than yeah. he actually was at that time. Mm. Yeah, but he's um, yeah, but, I mean, Bernard Cribbins is is great, and you know all this stuff where he's disguised as a Robo Man, and uh, you know. Eating the pills. Nice, gentle little slapstick comedy. That was, yeah, that it, was fun. 
Well, that's exactly yeah. why it was cast. He it was bought in to do that. Yeah, it was, but it was. I thought it was going to be a lot more sort of campy, over the top than it actually was. I thought it was reasonably understated. Like a carry on, Doctor Who. Yeah, kind mm. of a little bit. So yeah. I mean, like the whole the whole routine with the eating and the stomping around and the whatever else. It was like a very like chilled out Keystone Cops type moment. Like it was. Yeah. It, 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 it could have been. It, it, it could have it probably been lends to the idea that it's a little bit more campy in that too, with some of the music, with Barry Gray choosing every time the oh, Robo men come along. I think it could have been campier. I think it could have been. I think it was like just just the right amount. Mm. Yeah, it just sounded it was fun. No, a, I I was enjoying all yeah. of that. It just sounded a little bit like the Pink Panther. That yeah. Was, the music, the music, the music was like quite discombobulating for me because it just seemed very odd, especially, you know, obviously the Doctor Who. I won't hear a word said thing. against Barry Gray. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I love the music. I think, I think it was lovely, but I was just kind of listening to it like, just doesn't feel quite right for this particular thing. I love, I love the sound of it. I love the thing. I'm just not sure if it matches. I'm not sure if I like it or not. I think I'd probably need to watch it again. Mm. But yeah, the opening credits, I was like, no, this just is so wrong. Where's the, where's, where's the. But yeah, <laughs> like where is it? Yeah, they 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 bought the rights to what they could. What they yeah. could, not the yeah. theme. That theme tune is very good though. Yeah, but yeah, um, the the Robo Man. Something that I realized we didn't touch on though is obviously this film came out in 1966. Yeah. It actually came out on the day we're recording. Oh really? Yes, fifth of August, 1966. So this oh. episode uh, doesn't come out for, for for a few days yet, listener. But we are actually talking on the, I guess. 50, anniversary. 56th anniversary of mm. this film. Oh, well, there you go. Um, but two months later was the debut of the Cybermen in yeah. the TV show mm. in the Tenth Planet serial. Yeah, which is interesting. And it is interesting because obviously this was shot early 66. The Tenth Planet episodes were obviously shot roughly when they aired. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of turnaround no. time in those days. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Robo Men and the Cybermen have got quite similar concepts playing around with being robotized or being yeah but in this film i i I guess mary i'm trying to i I don't know if there is a connection between the robomen for this film being inspirations for the cybermen no absolutely not um yeah kit peddler and jerry davis who created the cybermen were more interested in the the idea that um you know slowly uh, technology was finding ways of replacing mm. certain body parts and so on, and and um, you know what if you took that to the nth degree? So that's where that came from. Whereas this um, is more of just oh, we need some. This yeah, is more like we, 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 we need, need some minor slaves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting that yeah, same same year. Yeah, that these these concepts are really. I mean, robots around. were really big during that kind of golden age of science mm. fiction as well, like your fifties and your sixties, all your. Like robots were a really big thing, but the idea of taking the robot concept and applying it specifically to to, to human, like still living flesh, yeah, yeah, it was was yeah quite quite interesting that that's where it was going. Well, mm. interesting that you had two in such very short spaces of time, like very close together, mm. and both attached to the same kind of property. Mm. So yeah, but yeah, it's ultimately it's it's quite a good fun film. Yeah, but it's, it's, there's not a lot you can say. Like it's it's it's, yeah. it's not ter- it's not terrific. No, it's not tremendous. No, it's, it's not dreadful either. I had a lot of fun watching this. Eye candy for an hour and a half, for God's sake. Yeah. Would you like some trivia about Daleks Invasion Earth twenty one fifty AD? Oh, I'd love some. Yes, yes, please, Stephen. Okay, all of this trivia comes from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. 
Uh, Peter Cushing supposedly only agreed to do this film if <laughs> Roberta Tovey returned to play Susan mm-hmm. uh, because of the rapport that they built on the previous film. Oh, that's nice. And I did believe their relationship. Yeah. Like, uh, I was, at no point was I like, oh, that's just some kid saying lines. I was like, no, no, these these two. She's a good little actress. Yeah. Mm. And she's yeah. still on the, the convention circuit. She's That's amazing. In her 60s now. And good she's, on her. Yeah. And she had like, I think it was a hit single with... Um, Oh, I want a Dalek for Christmas, I think the song was. Did she really? Yeah. That's fantastic. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. She's a triple threat if she danced as well. I mean, yes. She probably can. Uh, the film was partly financed by the Quaker Oats Company. Okay. Uh, who were then the makers of Sugar Puffs. Yes. Uh, hi. Um, in return for an exclusive merchandising deal, uh, Quaker combined with the film team uh, to produce a £50,000 campaign, which included three and a half million boxes of Sugar Puffs advertising this film, and a competition to win a toy Louis Marx Dalek or the top prize, a full size Dalek prop. <gasps> Mm. Oh, that's very cool. Mm. Uh, several posters <sighs> for Sugar Puffs cereal are visible during this movie, yeah. which was early uh, for British films having product placement. This is one of the first yep. British films that had oh. product placement in it. Uh, two special screenings for grocery traders were also arranged via a deal with the executive producer, <laughs> Joe Vergoda. That's nice. But yeah. Now, this was, um, as, as Murray was saying before, the Dalek Mania was, was so big. In, in the UK yeah. at this time. Um, and yeah, getting it in your sugar puff cereal. I mean, there were so many Dalek products in mm. the market at that time. Mm. Um, and they were selling very well. You mentioned the Louis Marx Dalek. Louis Marx Dalek is um, it's brilliant. It's a little sort of a, a wind em up and flashing lights toy, oh. um, which you could buy for about back in those days, you know, about 10 shillings or whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, well, you know, nine and six or whatever the yeah, currency yeah. was. Um, but there was, there was an absolute shower of Dalek product out there. You had Dalek annuals, you had. Um, uh, paper mache masks. You had the the wind up toys. Mm. You had stationary toys. You had Dalek board games. Uh, so it's not surprising that a, a company like this would have said, "Well, listen, hey, we'll get on the bandwagon." Mm. I bet Terry Nation was just like, "Yes, give me mm. more." Mm. Uh, Andre Morrill was offered the role of Wyler for this film, but could not accept because he had already signed on to appear. In Doctor Who, the TV show. <laughs> um, he was in the four-part serial, The Massacre. The oh, right, okay. Mm. Um, which clashed with the filming dates. Oh, so, wow. yes, he, he missed out on the role in the Doctor Who film because he had a role in the Doctor in Who the TV Doctor. show. Oh. That's funny. Uh, the part went to uh, Andrew Keir, who played Wyler. Coincidentally, uh, Morrill played Professor Bernard Quartermass in the original TV version of Quartermass and the Pit from 1958, whilst Keir would play that character in the film remake in 1967. So what you're saying is that they're getting typecast as the same kind of characters all the time. Yes. It's like it's like you and Dean who always get sent to the same auditions. Yes. Like, do you want this in tall or short? Yes. Yeah. Uh, myself and Dean love it. Have similar looks, similar builds, but Dean is about a foot taller than me, so it is honestly just a, yeah. Do you want it in large or small? That's... <laughs> I, I feel like Andre Morel and Andrew Keir may have a similar thing going on. Um. This sequel to Doctor Who and the Daleks was to have been followed by a third film. That's right. It was going to be based on the TV story The Chase, 
Mm. from uh, 1965. This was never made due to disappointing box office returns for this film. And the producers Mm. also thought that The Chase might not have actually made a good film. Which was probably wrong because having a, um, a, a film where... The Daleks pursue the Doctor through time and space. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, gives you a lot of opportunity cinematically, mm. I would yeah. have thought. I'm really um, surprised that the TV show has not revisited the chase as a concept. Yeah, it. I, I think the, the, the yeah, well, in, in terms of now, probably it would be okay because you've got the budget to do it. Back mm. then, it was you... You're limited to a, a set that's probably the size of the room that we're doing this podcast in. Mm. Um, it's it's <clears> difficult to make it look interesting uh, or different. Um, but the reason that this... One of the reasons this film bombed so bad... Well, there's a couple of reasons. Firstly, the critical reaction to this film was savage. Mm. Uh, to the point where some of the critics were suggesting that the, the adults would probably enjoy this more than the the children who would um, be insulted by <laughs> by what they were seeing on screen. Not very nice. Mm. Um, and the second reason was Dalek Mania was big in Britain, mm. but not in the US. Mm. And for you to have any great success the, um, theatrically, you had to have something that was going to grab the, U- the the United States market, and this mm. film did not. No. Uh, stuntman Eddie Powell broke his ankle when he fell through an awning, uh, as we saw. As we saw. Uh, he returned from hospital that afternoon with his cast in a leg to finish the scene. His leg in a cast, not his cast Sorry. in a leg. He was in the cast. <laughs> his leg was in the cast. He was a the member of the cast. The entire cast was in his leg. Yeah, the entire yeah. cast was in his leg, which was in a cast. Well, no wonder he broke his ankle then. Yeah, he was carrying the weight of the whole film on his back. <laughs> well, well no, on his leg. On his leg, no. He, he, that was mm. the thing. He fell onto it too hard was the problem. Yeah, it was... Broke uh, his own... Yeah, it was quite painful watching that, knowing that that was the result. And it did look painful. Yeah, it was a hell of. A, and then he just keeps going. Those and those death scrambling around on the floor. Yeah, I was those, like, those death screams in the Dalek spray. Yeah. And I think it was very much a Vigo Mortensen kicking the helmet in two towers. Do you know moment. that's exactly what I was thinking when Mario was like, "He broke his leg doing this." I was like, "Oh, like," and I just went immediately to the like Vigo Mortensen kicking the helmet and breaking. And I was like, "Oh mm. my god." I've never escaped this. Uh, Philip Maddock, who played Broccoli, uh, went on to appear in the parent TV series as no less than four different characters. Spectacular. Uh, he was in... Uh, Mary, actually, can you name any of the adventures he was in? Uh, yes, I can. Um, <laughs> he is in uh, Brain of Morbius, which yes. is Ooh. absolutely brilliant. It's, mm. it's, it's a Frankenstein um, takeoff, and uh, he's, he's just awesome in that. Um, he is in the War Games, yes, which is a Patrick Troughton serial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one that actually revealed the Doctor was a Time Lord. Ooh. Um, uh, now I start to get hazy. Um, Would you like a clue? I'll go on. Uh, <laughs> one of them is. Uh, in fact, they've both got a K in the title. A K. Yeah. So, like, K is the first letter in a keyword in the title. Uh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm showing myself up here, aren't I? No, no um, you're not. you got two out of four. That's really good. It's like keys of time uh, or something like no, that. Uh, no. One was the Crotons. Oh, of course. Yes. And the other was the Power of Kroll. Ah, which I haven't watched. I probably watched once because I'm not a big fan of keys of time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he wasn't a key, key time. So mm. there you go. Uh, 
That was a good, lucky guess. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, there was a lot of. But the crotons is 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 not great, um, mm. but it's a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, so yes, yeah, fantastic. To be and fair, that was his first appearance too. Mm. To be fair, in terms of classic who, I missed a lot of it because we used to just get reruns in the afternoon when I was like a kid, mm. and mostly mm. it was like five and six lots of the sixth doctor yeah. stories were being televised on abc they used to just roll through them all i remember yeah, them they didn't get they didn't get a great deal of um rerun to be honest um no yeah. we got a bit on the abc mm. when i was when i was a kid because i remember watching it sometimes but it was very like what is this i don't know what's going on then yeah. it was a bit but philip maddock was a fantastic character actor who, who appeared in basically almost everything you can think of um mm. that, that that came out of the uk um, yeah, sadly missed. Mm. Yes. Um, the next bit of trivia is that uh, two Daleks have very noticeable differences when compared to the other drones with either the suction cup or the claw. One is what appears to be a silver suction cup and another a vastly different claw resembling scissors minus the handles. Both casings, along with three others in the movie, were in fact made for another production. The Curse of the Daleks, which was a stage play. Mm-hmm. Amazing! Yeah, so it had a month-long run at London's Wyndham Theatre in December 1965. It was Richard Martin as the Doctor for the record. Mm. And so uh, they were made to resemble their TV counterparts more closely for the stage show. Uh, these two props were scripted for a piece to have different appendages, a pincher and a blowtorch, uh, this also accounts for their guns, which are the TV versions compared to the bulkier variations uh, for the film because they had to be bulkier to shoot out the CO2 jets. Wow. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, there was some Doctor Who play uh, stuff that was happening in this film. Stephen, I'm I'm disappointed you didn't know about this play. Did There's... you write about this in your thesis? In my thesis on science fiction theatre, I may have written about a few Doctor Who plays. Uh, I don't. I didn't write specifically about Curse of the Daleks. Oh, um, I wrote about the the ones in the seventies where they wanted to have John Pertwee, and he signed on to do it, and then had to pull out mm. uh, because he was still the TV Doctor at the time, and he was going to go and do like, and he was going to do live stage shows while still being the TV Doctor. <laughs> Steve Rogers style. Yeah, well, no, that'd be like if they had live stage shows now and it was Jodie Whittaker running around and doing her thing on stage and then you go home and watch her on TV, which would have been amazing. That would have been fun. Yeah, but um, yeah, so they used... Doctor Who, the arena spectacular, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. But just to expand on um, that, so yeah, they went from the stage show to the cinema um, experience we've just had. Mm. And then I believe either three or four of them went up for auction mm. and were purchased by Terry Nation, the writer, mm-hmm. or, or the original writer of the dark, not, not of this um, script, but um, the creator, for want of a better word, mm. of the Daleks. Yeah, the Davros in the real um, world. Yeah. <laughs> and they can actually be seen. There's, a, there's a, um, a, a series back in the early 70s called Wicker's World where they did an interview with Terry Nation in his home, and there's the Daleks in the background there. He actually purchased them, I believe, with the intent of using them because he was creating a series called The Daleks, Mm. which he wanted to sell to the Yanks. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. obviously never eventuated. I'm just thinking of that guy on that TV show you watched who had all of the Doctor Who props in his his little... Oh, Neil Cole, who runs the uh, British Science Fiction Museum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you seen his stuff? 
It's Sorry? he's got he's got a no. lot of Doctor oh. Who stuff. We'll show you afterwards. We'll show you afterwards. Yeah. And the final bit of trivia is uh, Bernard Cribbins related. Uh, Wonderful. At, at the end of this film, Tom jokes about getting an OBE for apprehending the crooks. His actor Bernard, Bernard Cribbins, Cribbins got one. did get an OBE in 2011. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so lovely. Yes. So. Not for uh, nabbing jewelry. Uh, no, no, he did. He he's he was that committed to the role. Yeah, he actually yeah. built a time machine and stopped a bank robbery after it had happened. Yeah, the uh, the Hatton Garden job. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, in I, you know, Bernard Cribbins is not someone that I think many people would expect a a movie podcast to do an episode sort of in memoriam for, no. because he's not got a big film career. He he appeared in films. You yeah, know, he was in the Railway Children and things like that. Mm. But um, but yeah, I I I think it's um, but, but he was a fantastic fantastic actor um really really good it seems like he was just a really nice dude yeah and and i think you know this this film actually does showcase a lot of his talents um even yeah. if it is you know a role that is not not a terribly serious dramatic role he, he does very good in this film and he's no, one of the best he earned, things his, he earned his keep mm, absolutely mm. so uh yeah we say we say veil bernard cribbins mm. and thank you for ooh, a good seven decades of, of entertainment value that's yeah. quite the career that that's, he had yeah, incredible. And of Indeed. course, uh, he w- is going to be appearing in the 60th. I know. He'd Doctor only 60th. just filmed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't so, aware of that. Yeah. yeah. They, sort of fallen out of touch with who a little bit. Well, they, they started filming it at the start of this year. And uh, not to spoil it for you, mm. but uh, David Tennant is going to play the Doctor again in a special. Ooh. I know. They somehow twisted Hello. his arm to We're come not, back. Yeah. Oh, so hard. <laughs> like, would you like to? Yes, 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 yes. Like, you don't um, need to so, twist so that So David Tennant and Catherine Tate are both returning in their roles in as some the Doctor and Donna. But we don't know. In but we don't know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's going on. We don't know if this is in their timeline. We don't know if it's an alternate timeline. But they shot, they, they were shooting quite a lot of exterior stuff. And there is uh, footage of uh, Bernard Cribbins in a wheelchair being wheeled around as his character Wilf. Um, by the tenth Doctor, oh, so cool. yeah, he, he so he's going to be in the 60th, the sixtieth, which comes out 60th. next year. Um, yeah, so I hope he doesn't go out lobbing bombs. At <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, no, the bombs oh, don't no. work. The goggles say do nothing. It, throws it and blows the building down on top of himself. Oh my god! Can no, you I imagine? don't. I somehow don't think that we'll see that with. I don't. He won't oh. do a Dortmund as they call it <laughs> in the universe. Uh, so, um, with all that being said, it is time to score the film. Ellen, yeah. it was your first time watching Dalek's Invasion of 2150 AD. What score would you give this film out of 10? Oh, I think I know what number, but I don't know what, um, what, 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 what thing to align with it. Um, seven, using a, a truck as a Dalek battering rams out of 10. Mm. I really enjoyed this. There's some actually seven, very... Seven Daleks skittled by a... Skittled by uh, a, yeah, skittled yeah. by a, skittled by a van. Yeah. And then just... Poof, the yeah this was really fun i really enjoyed this excellent it was like just the right amount of silliness and good doctor who stuff and some of it didn't quite vibe or gel for me but like by and large this was this was fun to watch i enjoyed it Mm. what about you murray uh yeah look it's of its time it's it's um it's uh just just a a fun family flick isn't it um yeah I certainly enjoy this more than about 95% of Disney animated. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I'll give this a, a solid um, six and a half rels of excitement. Very nice. Um, 
I don't think this is a very good film, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's it's yeah it, 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 for me it's a very middle of the road film which mm. to be honest is yeah. actually quite that's the fair. Yeah. that's fair and it's 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 fun like i certainly don't regret watching this <laughs> like i'm like i remember enjoying it quite a bit as a kid and i certainly remember you know really enjoying seeing daleks getting blown up and of course because when i was growing up when i was first exposed to these bits of doctor who media because this was one of the first doctor who things i saw mm. there wasn't a doctor who tv show anymore because mm. i was brought up in the 90s or the dark times as then the dark times the only new content was paul mcgann's film and this this is more enjoyable than the paul mcgann film. this is better than the paul mcgann film i would yeah I would, I the, would and say. The, the paul mcgann film isn't dreadful it just it has a lot more working against it but also mm. it was trying to sell itself to the american market and it's um, never a good idea yeah, never try and yeah. sell yourself to the americans i think it suffered for that um whereas this yeah this is fun it's you know it's most mostly harmless <laughs> like it, i i really did enjoy the dalek spaceship design yeah um, like the the model for that and the discs that spin the opposite way from each other that that was all really fun I, it's it's it just feels like it's a really good example of like a 50s 60s sci-fi romp mm. and it's colorful and it's lovely um and it's a bit boring in places but that's <laughs> but that's okay i had more fun with it than i didn't so i'm gonna give it six uh sugar puffs uh, out of ten because um, it was yeah it was fun um and yeah look i i'm probably giving it a higher score than it maybe even warrants in, in my own usual rules but i like doctor who and i really like just seeing Daleks get blown up. Yeah, I don't think it's something that um, you're necessarily going to return to anytime soon. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, I want to watch for, the first for a lot one of now. us. Um, and once again, it's a nostalgia thing. For yeah. a lot of us, this was um, oh, what's on this afternoon on this boring holiday weekend? Mm. Oh, they're showing Doctor Who, you know, Daleks Invasion of Earth 2150 AD. Yeah, let's watch that. And you'd sit down as a family and. Yeah, mm. just pass away an hour and a half of harmless time. Mm. Yeah, and you know there are there are worse things that you could watch for that. Absolutely, so, human centipede. Oh yeah, no, that's so, <laughs> do, do you think that's going to be a, in the, that's a good family in the, in the family friendly one. flick? Yeah, no. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no this this was this was really lovely though, and we should do Doctor Who and the Daleks at some point. Yeah. We should uh, revisit that one. I haven't seen that one either. Well, it'll be turning sixty in about three years, so you yeah. know. Well, or maybe we could do it for Doctor Who's 60th anniversary next year. Who who knows? Who knows? You indeed. run the podcast, who, David. Who, 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 yes. who, who indeed? knows indeed? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tom Baker tapping his nose. Mm. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Murray and Alan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you thank so you. much for having me, Stephen. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us. Um, these in memoriam episodes are always really interesting, and uh, we've we've done quite a few of them now over the last five and a half years because that's the nature of mortality if you want to go back and listen to episodes we've we've done films uh, for people like um uh, ennio morricone who did the good the bad and the ugly uh we've done them for i literally can't remember anyone else that has died uh, <laughs> um uh, milas we've, we've done them for milas foreman the director uh, there's been quite a few that we've we've covered off over the years uh, and they're available in our back catalog and you can find them uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you can find the entire series there. Go back and give them a watch. 
And by a watch, I mean a listen, because it's audio only. You can watch the sound file, I'm sure. Uh, we are also available to be found on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. You can get news and updates. And, of course, there is our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get extra bonus features and goodies and help us support the programme. Subscribe or you will be exterminated! Thank you. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time... Goodbye. 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 You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.